You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bible, and I'm not going to keep you more than three hours teasing. Now that I said that, if I preach too, it won't be so bad, will it? <laughs> Your pastor insisted three hours. No, I'm teasing. He did not. I, he did not say that. And uh, no, 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 don't do that. But anyway, but I want to preach on a subject tonight. I think it's so important. And I noticed that I believe you're teaching on the book of James on Wednesday night. What a great book that is. And it deals with what works, faith, or something along that line. And I want to preach on the subject of faith tonight because I need it. In times like these, I think of that song, We Need a Savior. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I want to talk about, use this particular chapter, share some testimonies, and and, uh, hopefully can be an encouragement because we surely, as believers today, need to know something about the sufficiency of God and the power of God and the might of God today. But notice with me in verse 1, the Bible says of chapter 3, and the theme of this chapter is faith. I think five times, I believe I remember correctly, he talks about the subject of faith. So Paul was concerned and burdened for their faith. They were under attack. You might want to call it faith under fire. Faith being attacked, because that's where we're, you know, how it relates to us today. And I think it's important. But notice he said, wherefore, when we could no longer forbear. See, Paul is referring to himself, my burden for you, my concern for your faith. We thought it good to be left at at Athens alone. And that word left is a tremendous word. And then, oh, so I sent Timotheus. You know what he's saying? I need to be ministered to. He's being honest. He's illustrating what faith is. And I said, Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith. He knew their faith was under fire. I mean, man, from the government, from society, from every angle, I mean, the threat of death and life and soul, they were under attack. And so notice that Paul was concerned, don't be discouraged, don't quit, don't run. They were turning the known world upside down. And then he says in verse 3 that no man should be moved or defeated or discouraged or distracted by these afflictions. (laughs) That's tough. I mean, that's really tough. And then he says, notice for yourselves know that we are appointed. I don't like that word appointed. God has a plan. God's got some appointments for you, and there's some that I really don't want, but they're necessary. Learning to trust him even when it looks dark and bleak. Then in verse 4, for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Well, what an encouragement thought. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) May I say this to you? It's going to get worse but also it gets better as we learn to trust in him. God is trying to strip us of all things that we might look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. And then notice what he says in verse five, for this cause when I can no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. How's it doing? Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. The danger of casualties. Then verse 6, but now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith. There it is again. Is faith important? You'll never do a thing apart from faith, nothing. Verse 7, therefore, brethren, we were comforted 
over you in all our affliction and all our distress by your faith. How's your faith doing? How's your faith? In verse 8, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Father, we're so thankful for the sweet Holy Spirit. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the mercy of God, and for these precious people who've labored and toiled and sacrificed. We thank you for the pastor and his family. Lord, just bless and God protect them. God, may you remind us that in the day and time in which we live, it may look dark and bleak, but God is still on a throne. Lord, that we can trust you. Lord, we recognize as the days get closer to the coming of the Lord, it's going to, Lord, the battle's going to intensify, but the grace of God is still sufficient. Lord, minister. Lord, I pray that your protection upon those that are going to the mission field. And God, for those who've committed to give, Lord, just give them strength and grace to trust you, Father, not to be afraid. Lord, how we need you. We are weak, but you're strong. And thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. The testing of faith. I remember when I first got saved, and by the way, my wife had mentioned last night in her testimony, she was a good moral person. I was not. I was just corrupt, wicked sinner who was Catholic. Devoted to the church, but I was ungodly. And I thought for sure, if anybody's going to heaven, I am. I was faithful to the church, man. I mean, I went twice on Sunday morning to Mass, and I was a teenager. I was that committed. Didn't know what it was about, because they all spoke in Latin. Amen. But I thought, surely I'm on the way to heaven. Amen. And I can, you know, when I, I, in fact, I remember what led to my salvation. This is kind of funny. My wife remembers this. But I can remember, you know, I worked for a guy that was a Baptist. And can I just be honest? I didn't like Baptists at all. Bunch of weirdos. But I mean, these people are weird. Now look at me. Amen. Yeah, you're one of the weirdos. You're a real weirdo. Amen. And I can remember, you know, I, I worked with J.C. Howley's in heaven now, but he, he really cared, but he didn't know how to witness. And so this is what he said. Now, you know you Catholics are full of the devil. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking, I really don't like Baptists now, amen. I mean, wow, and boy, aren't you something, amen. But he said, he gave me a challenge. Never, boy, I mean, you know, teenager, I can do it. You challenge me, I'm going to do it. He said, I dared to go to the priest and ask him why the Bible says, call no man father. Now, you've got to realize back in the 60s, if you even read the Bible, well, at least the church I went to, you don't do it. I mean, you're doomed in Africa. You visit another church, you're doomed in Africa. I mean, it was strict. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> I did it. But I never, but hey, but the way I did it, I mean, God totally blinded me. We're, I went to, they had a thing on the, the history of the Catholic Church on a Saturday night. It was packed out. I'm the only team, but I want to learn. I mean, I was devoted. I was committed. Surely I'm going to heaven. And at the end, he said, any questions? And all of a sudden, it come to my mind. I'm not even thinking this may not be the right time. God, I mean, I'm, I mean, teenager, I mean, mind and gear. No, it just, I just, I said, I raised, I said, yeah, Dave, I mean, I know they're thinking we got a potential preacher, so I blurted it out. It went, Everybody went, oh. And then it dawned on me. I went, uh. And all of a sudden I looked up there, and his face got redder and redder, and he exploded, call me father. 
But see, wait a minute. He thought he was defending his faith. God blinded me because if, if I had said it any other time, he may not have responded that way. And I may not have ever left. He responded that way so God could get my attention. They don't have the answer. I walked out of there and I said, I'll never go to a Baptist church again. It's all, I said, all, or all any church, all of it's lies. And I went home, my mother, she's pretty strong will. You need to go to church. Nope. There's a Baptist church. No. Calvary Baptist Church. No. On the corner. Well, my mother, you're going. She was little. She's now in heaven. I just preached her funeral not too long ago. Well, two years ago. And you're going. So I'm going to church and I am not a happy camper. Fifteen years old and here's my mother telling me, plus she was tough. And so we get up to the door and all of a sudden the door opened. There's the greeter. Guess who it is? J.C. Howell. The guy that gave me the challenge. Has it gone from worse to bad? I mean, well, can you? I said, man, I mean, if I go in, what's going to happen? My mother said, go. I remember going in the door, and all of a sudden, there's my wife, watch this. And all of a sudden, I'm looking up there. I was 15. I look up in the choir and said, wow, there's a cute young lady. I mean, yeah. I said, that, that teenager, 13, she is kind of cute. I said, maybe Baptists aren't altogether bad after, after all, amen. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> God got a sense of humor. He really does. I mean, he puts up with me. There's no doubt about it. But, I, I, but the thing that amazed me, he preached the gospel. I'd never heard that. And man, I left convicted. I went home. And finally, about two months later, I mean, I fought it, I fought it, I fought it. And finally, I'd pick up the phone and hang it up. I'd heard him mention salvation. I didn't know what it was. But boy, God was dealing with me. And finally, I picked up, I said, Preacher, you talked about salvation after about four or five times hanging up the phone. I don't know what that means, but I sure do need it. And he brought the old King James Bible. I got on my knees and cried out. I said, God, I'm a wicked sinner coming. And Jesus saved my soul. Burdens were lifted at Calvary. Amen. Amen. But something happened because it relates to the message. All of a sudden, somehow in my mind, I thought, now I'll never have a problem again. This is just great, wonderful, gravy train. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, man, it didn't last. I mean, it got so bad. I mean, I, was, I never had so many trials and testings. Preacher, I went to the pastor. I said, hey, I said, I don't think I'm saved. He said, why? I said, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. And so he went to the pastor. I said, I did it. Why are you doubting? I've never had so many problems. He said, that's how you know you're saved. I thought, I must have got a double portion yeah. or something. <laughs> But I realize that's part of the plan of God. But I recognize faith is essential. You never do a thing apart from faith. Their faith was under assault. And listen, the moment you determine to live for God, the devil's coming after you. I mean, now you're determined, hey, God, we want to get involved in missions. Maybe you're straddling the fence. The bottom line is God says, hey, listen, don't be afraid to trust him. Don't be afraid to believe in God. God is still sufficient. We can trust the Lord, amen. amen. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? The just shall live by faith. Yes. I thought about a song often that I had heard after that. And also it's a verse, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Yes, and now that's brought comfort to my heart to the labors and toils and battles and conflicts and storms and so on. And here's a church that Paul is concerned about. That. Listen, listen, I mean, the moment you determine to live for Christ, man, the battle will come. 
The storms will come. The moment you're determined to give, you'll try to challenge your faith. Listen, don't be afraid to trust God. God is greater than the trials. When I first, we thought, when I got saved, I thought, well, I need to give, so I give a dollar a week. Wow, man, I'm doing something. And I watched that dollar going down the aisle. Then he preached on tithing. I said, whoa, how can I live? We start tithing. Then he had the nerve to preach on faith promise. I said, is there anything left? And God said, I'm trying to get your attention. And we started, can I say this? God is faithful. Over 50 years, through battles and storms, God is faithful. Amen. I thought about some people who encouraged Mark. Can I just kind of share some testimony? It wouldn't have happened if you had been giving. It wouldn't have happened, you know, if you had not been involved in other churches giving to missions. And these missionaries could not go. We cannot. We labor together. What a blessing that is to me. I think about the work in Winnipeg and some of the people that God reached out and God saved by the grace of God. I think of one, oh my goodness, Lynn Newman. You don't, it's like uh, the one brother I met a while ago, he, him and I knew Mike Coachman and his wife, they're up in North Dakota church up there. They got saved in Germany. And I said, you don't meet Mike, you experience Mike. Well, Lynn Newman was that, but he was mean. He was harsh. Nobody liked him. But for some reason, he loved Kathy. And I, at times, I think, if God sent him to another church, he offended everybody. It was so bad. We'd have visitors come in. I tried to rush to the back before he could talk to them. They'd get mad and leave. I'm serious. The people that God gave us, I mean, listen, God gave us street people. We had people came coming out of prostitution, drug addicts, kids off the streets. And I thought, but God, but God wanted me to see the grace of God and the sufficiency of God in every person's life. Amen. But I remember one time I began to challenge Newman, uh, Brother Lynn, because of his, his bitterness and anger. I said, one day you'll let God love you, and we love you. He got offended and left the church. And I'm thinking, well, I hope I did right. Two months later, he called me. He says, we need to talk. Okay. Went out to lunch. He would never show emotion to don't you ever tell him that you love him. He'd get mad and angry. I knew there was something deeper to the issue. And I remember Lynn Newman, he was just a few years younger than me, me and Kathy, but he called us mom and dad after that. And uh, I never forget this, but all of a sudden he says, I can't handle it anymore, the pain and the anguish. He said, when I was five years of age, my mother was a truck driver in Ontario. She'd take her fist and knock me across the room over and over again. When I got a little old enough, I ran away and slept in the back of a pickup truck. And he was. He'd get in fight with everybody. He said, I'm going to hurt everybody before they hurt me. And I suspected that. And God, he gave that burden to the Lord, and God turned him around and became one of the most gracious men I know. He started going to the church and apologizing. And then all of a sudden, he came to me and said, Preacher, I don't think anybody liked me. I said, I don't think they did either. <laughs> I said, I think you're right, man. <laughs> but people love to be around him after that. God touched his heart. And that's what missions does. God changes lives. And I'm thinking about the fact of another, another individual. I mean, he was a drunk addict on the streets. He was about 19 years of age, and I can remember him. And we'd bring him in and try to help him. Had to watch him, steal everything he got. But watch him, we tried to feed him. And finally, he got saved by the grace of God. We started over three times in that work. And I can still remember. In fact, 
young baby Christians and all of a sudden we'd have satanic workers come in, pretend to be believers, destroy the faith of baby Christians. The third time Kathy and I were so discouraged we're ready to quit. I was just, we broke down and started crying. Other pastors, missionaries said, Brother Dave just moved to another area. And I'm right, said, yeah, amen. I got the approval. And God said, no, you don't either. Stay. And so finally Kathy and I said, Lord, whatever happens, it's yours. See, faith says it's not about you, it's about God. Faith doesn't say, hey, look what I can do. No, look what God will do in his timing. That's the problem. See, faith honors God. Faith is a reminder, I cannot save myself. I cannot keep myself. And listen, we're under assault from every angle, from our government. Anti-Christian. We look at what's happening in some of the public schools. I am blown. I would have never dreamed it would be like this. Our faith is under siege today like never before. Plus the daily battles and the pressures and the circumstances. Guard your faith. It's interesting, the word that he used in verse 1, left. You know, that is a term for funeral, bereavement. It means the loss of a loved one that's very special, a mom or dad or whatever. Someone that's very, Paul said, to know what may happen to you. The fact I'm willing to be broken for you. See, that's faith. You know what biblical faith is? Others, others, others before myself, you. What can I do for you before you can do it for me? Wow. What an example of faith. But I remember after he got saved, he said, I want us to reach my sister. Oh, my goodness, what a challenge that was. Oh, my goodness. She was, she was probably 22, 23 at the time. And uh, we went to her house, Kathy and I and her brother. Wicked, vile. She was into prostitution. Life was messed up. And we tried to witness to her and finally got her to come to church. And buddy, in the middle of the service, she stood up and started using, I mean, interrupting the service, the language, and men had to care. I said, not going to do that again. And God said, don't quit. So Kathy and I went back again and again. She started attacking, making accusations. I said, God, I can't do it. God said, don't give up. But I sure wanted to. I said, Lord, maybe she can go to somebody's ministry, you know, a bigger ministry, you know, and that would be great. And God said, no, I want you to go. Well, finally she got saved. When we turned that work over, those were one of your spiritual grandchildren. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I wanted to quit. And I thought about this, five Mormons, um, five Mormons got saved by the grace of God. What would you do? I just preached Jesus. We so upset the Mormon church they sent two elders by. I'm serious. In one of our services. I didn't know until afterwards. I said, Amen. And I was standing there and this younger elder said, I really enjoyed it. And the older elder said, you did not. <laughs> and then I finally thought, I said, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't God good? In the midst of the battles and storm, God still reigns. Yes. It may look dark. You know what? God is not upset. He's not defeated. He's not discouraged. Keep on keeping on. See, whom the Lord loveth, he chases. I'm allergic to problems. Did you know that? I break out in complaints and worries. <laughs> Can you relate to that? I, hey, if you don't, I'm, I, I'm thankful for you, but I'm being honest. God has to work on me all the time. And you know what? They're gifts from God to mold us. I find it said, God, 
I'm thankful for those in place of leadership because you're using them to work on me, to break me. Say, I'm a patriot. I fought for my country. It's very tough for me to see all these things and the hatred towards America. And how do I say this? I've heard the cries of men dying on the mission field, I mean on the battlefield. That's tough for me, but God said, wait a minute, there's a greater battlefield. The Lord's battlefield. And we're in a battle today. Man, it is raging all around us. And Satan, I mean, I got this stinking flesh that battles me every day. Then we got the world and the circumstances. Then we have Satan. It's unending. We need each other more than ever before. We need to pray for one another. I can do nothing. When I first went to England, by the way, brother, I remember somebody gave me a book, I guess they're trying to tell me something, by Major Ian Thomas about the saving life of Christ. And one phrase I'll never forget, God, I was so discouraged and downcast. And it made a statement in this book that I needed to read. The only thing that God the Father sees is what God the Son does. And then he said, what does God the Father see God the Son do through you that he may bless it? That is what honors God. I said, Lord, forgive me. It's all about you. The Savior, what a Savior. What is, I can't do anything. Jesus can do anything. See, God's more concerned about your relationship, not your service. And when the heart is right and the faith is right, hey, there's no limit to what God will do. Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised. I'm not really following the outline for the sake of time, but just sharing some things. Because I want you to, I just want you to know some life you touch. But what was interesting, when we finally turned that work over, and I remember because I can't remember her name. It's been so many years. But I remember she, came, she was very harsh. She, showed, she didn't know how to show love. But you got to understand when she was little, she was molested. And her life was destroyed and devastated. And she was bitter. She hated men with a passion. And she didn't know how to show love. And salvation did one thing. But I'll never forget this. We turned the service over, and she came to me and said, we need to talk. I'm thinking, she's mad again. Here we go again. Amen. This is such a blessing. So I wanted to spare the new pastor. It'd been Brother Jet. Hey, Brother Jet. No. <laughs> so I said, let's go in the corner. I'm thinking, all right, let me have it again. Once again, here we go. And she says, thank you. And I'm looking. She started crying. She never showed emotions. She hugged my neck. You're the closest thing that I've known to a dad. When I did everything to destroy you, then I felt convicted. I wanted to quit so many times. Great is thy faithfulness. Don't quit! Don't quit! A lot of churches, a lot of hurting people today. Boy, we need to be reminded of the sufficiency of God. You got, you're determined to go on with missions and Satan's going to fight you. He hates and despises what you're doing. Hey, listen, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Yes. I'm reminded of so many things. I can remember, in fact, our first graduation from the first college I went to, and that was many, many years ago. And I remember they brought in W.A. Criswell. I'd heard about him. I didn't know a thing. And so I thought, well, this is great. I've heard. So I'm looking for a challenge. It was about 3,000 graduates. And I remember he got up and said, for most of you, God may never use. What a graduation message. I felt uplifted. I felt, I mean, I'm ready to go and conquer the world. But 
Wow, man, I think I can do better than that. <laughs> and then for some of you, maybe 15 years or 10 years. And then he said, for some, there's five. And he said, then there's the exception, and I'll, never, I'll remember it to the day I die. He said, there's some that are ready now. Because you understand, it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. I said, Lord, thank you for what you're trying to teach me. You know, one of the things that God's been trying to teach me, and He still does every day, and all of us, He loves us so much, He sends us the problems. <laughs> Sometimes, oh man, but I'll never forget when Kathy and I, we were, oh my goodness, first started to Bible college, and I was so excited. I was in it for about a year, and all of a sudden, my wife is diagnosed with cancer. Same month, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, had to have surgery. By the end of the month, my dad I got a note, my dad passed away of cancer. He had been an alcoholic all of his life. And got, I led him to Christ. In my world, the devil said, where's your God now? I didn't realize it then, but that was a great gift that God was giving me. It's hard to see it now. Satan says, get bitter. God says, oh, give it to me and I'll make lemonade out of it. You hang on to your hurts and your battles. You don't get better, you get worse. Have I blown it? More times than I can count. But great. Oh, people say, what really makes you, what is really you're thankful for today? Grace and mercy. Just mercy. Oh, to him, worthy is the Lord to be praised. But I remember Kathy was praying. We said we couldn't have children. Now, by the way, that once had six grandchildren, we now have 16. I, I know, I need to make a new one, but I used what I had. Amen. But you know, 16 grandkids. But I remember we've been married five years and she, I came in from work and college and all the rest and she said, we're going to have a child. I went, really? How do you know? Because I prayed and God told me. I'm thinking, now she's either weird <laughs> or she's really spiritual. Well, let's go with the other one. <laughs> Nine months later, a little girl. Amen. God gave us. And then within six months, we're so excited. God said, I have a blessing for you. She got sick. We didn't know what the problem was. And I can still, see, God is in the process of working through all of us. We took her to the doctor. He said, get her to the hospital immediately. There's something very serious wrong. The day that I brought her in the hospital, I was laid off work. The same day, I'm about to graduate. Had no insurance. Where's God? And then my little girl screaming, six months old. We take her in, they start running tests, they cannot find anything. And for weeks, she was in the hospital for weeks. I'd go to class, come back. I didn't tell, I said, we're not going to tell anybody. And I, I don't know if I've ever been any more challenged or broken during that time. And the only word she knew was daddy, 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 scream. And I, dad could do nothing. I couldn't fix this. What was God saying? Dave, you're not in charge. I am. You have to give it to me. You know, I've got a sermon I preach when God doesn't make sense. <laughs> you ever feel like that? I, feel like, I told people, I said, I wonder if God needs my advice. And none of that's silly. But God knows what he's doing. I don't. And so we watched her. She got to the place they couldn't even give her IVs anymore. Her body was just, it was that bad. She was dying. And finally the doctor walked in and said, Sir, do you mind if we do an exploratory? We cannot find the problem. We don't know what's wrong. Your little girl is dying. And we said, whatever. 
But during that time, see, what was God teaching us? He let us see other parents who did lose their children, who were suffering. And God said, you can't be effective till you have a heart for people, for hurting people. See, sometimes my heart gets hardened. And we said, whatever it takes. And I, I was thinking, I said, I have nothing. During that time, we had no money. <laughs> I'd come to the car. I hadn't told anybody. I'd find $20 in the gas, in the seat. Back then, I'd go a long ways in the 70s. I remember went going to the, uh, we rented a, an apartment, and I went, and I said, ma'am, I said, uh, I'm going to move our stuff out. I said, we just don't have the money. I said, I'm sorry. I got laid off. Not apologizing, but I said, you know, I'll, I'll get the stuff out. She looked at me and says, Mr. Cook, your rent's paid for. Don't know to today. Can I trust him? You know what? He'll bless me and I'll forget. Can you relate to that? He's good today. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, man. What are we going to do? Trust the Lord. God's merciful. It's all right to be human. For we are. We're broken or not. We need the mercy of God day by day. Every day great is the Lord. I need to trust him. So the doctor, <clears throat> she was in surgery for hours. He walks in. He said, it's great news. We found the problem. She's going to be okay. It was, she'd got an intestinal flu bug and it blocked off the intestines and it did not show up. But see, God didn't want it to show up. And um, he said, we fixed it. She's going to be fine. And I'm rejoicing. And then the devil says, what about the hospital bills? There was no AIDS or funds back then. There was nothing. And fear overwhelmed me. Depression set in. I mean, God did one thing, and here he is again. God said, I just want to show you how much you need to grow. And I, I got a long ways to go. I no sooner said, I said, honey, we're going to have to work for years to get this paid off. I no, no sooner had said that when the doctor walked in, he says, Mr. and Mrs. Cook, the hospital says this was our fault. We should have found it, and we're not going to charge you. Amen. They're not going to admit that they've got lawsuits. But God said, you know what God's saying? I love you so much, this is for you. But I said, but Lord, that's not very pleasant. But was that the only thing? Oh, there's many things. He is so precious to me. God is saying, I just want you to know me. Know the Lord. It's not about just being busy. It's a relationship with the Son of God. God keeps trying to tell me, faith, faith is the victory. Faith in God when it looks impossible. When the devil challenges you about giving and church, young people, when the devil says, hey, is it worth it? Oh, it's worth it. I like the song, I'd rather have Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. I remember during that same time, in fact, the day I was supposed to start Bible college, I'll never forget this one. I had lunch, and I remember they all knew I was a preacher, young preacher, so nobody would they'd scatter. Have my lunchbox, have my little Bible, I'd pray, read the Bible. Lunch, the, the alarm went off, and I remember going outside. I, I, I did the electrical work on tractor-trailer bodies and had cut the plates. I went out, and the machine malfunctioned and crushed, pinched every finger I had off. And I just prayed, God, whatever it takes, I want to be used of God. And so every finger was crushed. And I sit there outside. I said, but God, God. The foreman walked around. And uh, he went, whoa, <laughs> you need help? I said, yeah, I do. I can't open the door. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. And so they wrapped my hands up. They said, we're not going to wait on an ambulance. We're going to take you right under the hospital. This is funny here, but they, uh, 
an elderly man that said, he's going to drive you there. I said, okay. He's going 25 miles an hour. I said, could you speed this up? I don't want to get a ticket. I'll give you the money. I'll pay for it. Someone asked me, did it hurt? Yes. <laughs> I get to the hospital and then they said, I said, give me something for pain. I didn't care. Hey, I wanted something for pain. They said, sorry, you have to sign for it. I'm serious. I'm not joking. I said, put it in my mouth. They called my wife. She was working. They said, your husband fell into a cutter. <laughs> That's all I said. <laughs> she didn't know if anything was left or not. So she... <laughs> but you know what? Got through the surgery. And um, he first said, I don't know if I can save any of his fingers. They're so badly damaged. And, but we got through it. And... Um, and I can still remember sitting in the doctor's office and said, I don't understand it. I've done surgery for many, many years. I've never seen anything. He said, you can start moving your fingers now. And the damage was done. I just can't believe it. I said, it's God. He said, I don't believe God. I don't care. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I said, God is real. Yes. Yeah. And he said, you will have arthritis. Guess what? I was 21 years old. I'm 72. I still don't have arthritis in my fingers. Yeah. I may have it tomorrow. Can I trust him? The devil says, quit. God says, what are you talking about? The victory's already been won. Have faith in God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It will be worth it all. I like that song that you sang. It was great. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. How are you doing? The devil been working you over. He loves you. He loves you. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want you to talk to the Lord for a minute. Seek the Lord. I have to confess, I've let the, all this junk lately in the past two years affect me from time to time. And God has to remind me, Dave, where's your faith? Things are not going the way you think they should. Listen, why don't you give it to God? Said, God, I may not understand, but I'm going to trust you no matter what. Give him your heartache. Give him your pain. Give him your difficulty. For great is the Lord. Maybe God's dealing with you about full time sir. I don't know. Give it to the Lord. Young people, don't be afraid to serve him. There's no greater joy. Father, thank you for thy love and mercy. God, have your way in this invitation. Father, please speak to hearts. Lord, I pray no one will leave defeated or discouraged. I pray a holy hedge of protection on the missionaries and those who are laboring and over this ministry. Thank you for this church and for all they've done. But Father, tonight please speak. And Lord, maybe there's some under a heavy burden. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's battles. Maybe it's worry. Lord, I've been there and you've been so gracious to me. Lord, just do a great work of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.